Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. You can get this, the behind-the-scenes look at the DA show as part of the PGP. And you can find that on your favorite podcast platform. Just search Permission Granted. You can subscribe to this, rate and review it. Or you can listen to this on its DA Show podcast feed. It's Brethren, where we post all of the DA Show, both best both best of and all four hours every single day. And now that we're about a month away from football season beginning, where Sunday morning football also resides in podcast form. That's your one-stop shop for everything podcast, the DA Show on your favorite podcast platform. So this week we've unveiled not one, but two brand new segments. And I think both of them have been pretty successful. First of all, we've done sounds of Saturday play by play voices around college football. As we preview a different college football program of the top 25 or interesting stories. We did Michigan on Monday going into the season. And we're going to start there because We've now done this show for eight and a half years, and I've never, ever, ever told you, let's book a preview for each team leading up to a season. People do that with baseball. Let's do 30 30 Major League Baseball spring training capsules. I say, no, 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 I don't want to do that. Let's do all 30 NFL teams. No, 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 I don't really want to do that. 30 NBA teams. I don't want to do that either. But I wanted to do this because... I feel like once training camp begins for the NFL, college football takes a distant backseat. Whereas most of the country, of course, NFL fans exist everywhere, but most of the country is getting underserved with college football news with their juices flowing for the month leading up until football season, college football season. Right now, if you watch anything on SportsCenter, ESPN, FS1, first double take, you take this, I take that, whatever the shows are, You'll get almost zero college football besides this Texas-Oklahoma thing. So I'm like, where do you go to get that? So these guys, play-by-play voices that everybody is familiar with in their region or whatever, 
I felt like would be perfect each and every day leading up into the college football season. So it's a departure from what I would ever ask us to do, but I it's purposeful that I wanted it this way this year. No, it, that makes a ton of sense. And with the NFL training camps, I mean, I think the difference is, for whatever reason, there's a lot more cameras on NFL training camps. You also get preseason games where you really don't get that with college football. We kind of live off totally. the media days that the conference has, which just passed. But it leaves that gap, as you mentioned, especially as you're saying. I, I've spent the last three weeks... Basically looking at the entire month of September's big college football game schedule and pinpointing, all right, do I want to watch this here? Am I going to go out here? I'm already so, And I don't even live in the South or the West or the Midwest, so I can only imagine how their juices are flowing forward. So I think it's a, it's a gold home run to do something like that. I, the only other thing I would do it for is the NFL because I think Major League Baseball, just nobody cares about a Reds preview yeah. outside of Cincinnati. Nobody cares about a Twins preview outside of Minnesota. So I would just never allocate you know, 15 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever per show to do something like that. And the NFL, yes, somebody in San Diego would care about a Saints preview. Fantasy football reasons, the NFL, you know, you know everybody. But I feel like you get that anyway. I feel like if you're an NFL fan, no matter where you go, no matter what you listen to, you'll hear something about Justin Herbert. You'll hear something about Joe Burrow. You'll hear something about Michael Thomas's holdout. You'll hear something about, you know, what right. the... Rams running back situation is. So I think you get that via osmosis anyway. But if you were a college football fan in Boise, a college football fan in uh, Wisconsin, a college football fan in Tallahassee, I don't think when we have on Jim Brandstetter to talk Michigan football at 9 o'clock on a Monday, and then we have the voice of Coastal Carolina coming up on a Tuesday and the voice of so-and-so coming up on a Thursday, I don't think any of them are turning that channel. I think you're if you're a college football fan, you want to hear from all of these different places in the country because you're not getting that really anywhere else. Right, especially because you're kind of going to be familiar with you know the seven or eight teams in your conference that you play every year. But yes, college football is one of these where it's like a million leagues going on at once. And also, the, the, let's face it, the gambling aspect. How many times I know I week one you sit down at college football. Let's face it, you know the uniforms and you know the coaches, but you may not know the players if there's roster turnover. And at least it gives you a little background before you make your first parlay on Labor Day weekend. Like that, That's another huge part of this, is getting that taste. Before this segment, and you introduced this idea segment, and credit to Aiden, who's done a great job putting it together and organizing it, I honestly didn't know that Coastal Carolina was returning to the top 25. Who knew? I thought last year was just a great year for them. Between them and Liberty, we kind of get back to regular business of college football. I had zero idea that they were still highly thought of going into this year. And I got a little background thanks to Joe Cushing coming on the show. Cushing coming on the show. Yes. So we're going to do this every day right through Labor Day weekend. A different voice of one of the college football teams of the top 25 or significant storylines, teams that people care about and are thinking about and talking about coming up every day right up until Labor Day weekend when week one will hit and eight in our Marquette Marvel has been the one booking these guests, the play-by-play voices and kind of setting them up and tracking them uh, throughout the, the, the calendar. So he's going to actually come into town late August and drop by the show and shout of the show for a day. That'll be nice. Aiden has a big role on the show. Nobody's ever met him. Nobody's ever met him. No, we've only talked to him via Zoom or phone. Never met him. Intern in Milwaukee. We know he's not fat. He attends looks Marquette. <laughs> Has been the reporter for Dear District Diaries, has booked us guests, is now booking us 
Saturdays. He he's the one that sounds a Saturday. He's the one that's inserting clips from the week's worth of shows into the PGP now. So he's he's developed quite a role here on the show, but nobody's ever met him. Even even me, I've talked to him over the phone multiple times. We text often, but never met him. I think I might have done a Zoom with him, but yeah. So. First chance for us to see him is going to be in three weeks when he drops by the studio. That's exciting. And look, I mean, I hate to gloss some more, but that's that's what you want, right? If you're in college and you're looking to break through and you're looking to seize the opportunity, he's gone above and beyond anything we could have asked for. And this sounds of Saturday has been a really big project for him. That, and frankly, I have no problem. It has helped me out greatly as well, making sure there's always somebody there sure. every day. Now, we think that he's thin because we see the upper body shot of his avatars on social media and LinkedIn or hmm. whatever. Now, is it possible that he comes in and we've we pegged him wrong and that maybe, you know, he's a a fellow member of Chubbo Nation I like you? I don't think so because me and you did it. You and I did a Zoom with him, and I'm pretty sure we got moobs up. There was no flapjacks hanging there. No. And I, yeah, and I think— And is it moobs if you don't have moobs? It's just torso up. Yes, that's my point. Like, there were— He uh, didn't have I, moobs. He didn't have non-moobs up. Yeah. Uh, and I'm— I could have sworn at some point he tweeted a picture or something from the Deer District where we got a full body shot. In, unless I dreamt that. If Aiden's in my dreams, it's really scary. But I do not think he shops in the Husky department. Mm. Disappointing to you? W- would you prefer if he was? No, I, I prefer people be healthy. I do. <laughs> okay. I do. I don't think anybody should live the life I had. I think people <laughs> should be healthy. So you don't consider it uh, a bit of a fellow... An ally that Pete considers himself maybe a little overweight as well? Well, there's allies and they share some of the same funny stories we could have as far as whether it's clothes shopping or like really caring about food the way you shouldn't care about food. That's fun. But over the great whole long scheme of life, I would rather people be extremely as healthy as possible and live long lives than have the mental gamble I have. So you'd rather have everybody in this newsroom rail thin. Everybody in your family, real thin. Yeah, and if everybody's real thin, it's probably less of an excuse for me to be around people that are going to help me continue to eat poorly, too. Better influences. Well, I've got one really positive influence, although he's um, he's badgering. His name is Eugene on Twitter. Okay. And Eugene is a vegan, and every time we start talking about food, he likes to weigh in about how disgusting we are. Ah. And so I was talking about my deer dog. We were making signature deer dogs, bratwursts in solidarity with uh, the Bucks fans that are celebrating that NBA championship. I made mine with a Polish sausage with <laughs> brioche bun, chopped cucumber, chopped tomato, and some feta cheese on top and some Greek yogurt sauce. So it had a Greek Greek flair. And, and I found it very refreshing. And Eugene tweeted at the end of the show, which I didn't have a chance to read on Tuesday. You guys are absolutely disgusting. Your little sandwich was, quote, refreshing, DA. You were eating clumps of preserved animal carcass and congealed breast milk that you call cheese. Stop for one moment and actually think about what you eat and how it's made. Hashtag go vegan. You know, and there's the opposite (laughs) end of the spectrum. Live however you want to live. You want to be a vegan, be a vegan. My issue there is, as miserable as I may be sometimes with my size and I should have done this, how is that fun? How is that fun? <laughs> Picking apart people's good food and calling it congealed and animal carcass, 
How is that a fun way to live? There's no way it is. I don't know. You know, and I probably fall into this trap as well. When I feel very strongly about something, I probably lecture other people, especially on the show. I probably wag my finger and lecture and, and get on my pulpit, and that's probably not the best way to approach anything because if Eugene said to me on Twitter, sounded like you had a delicious sandwich, but just keep in mind that that Polish sausage, you know, that pig was murdered senselessly and huh. cut open and its organs spilled out onto the, you know, the, the floor of a slaughterhouse and it was caught in a cage for its entire life, that would catch me and be like, yeah, well, that's a good point. It'd make me think about it. But if you just reprimand me that I was, quote, eating clumps of preserved animal carcass and congealed breast milk, it's like PETA just throwing paint on my fur coat. Yeah. A fur coat is disgusting. It's gross. It's gross that people just kill little, delicious, wonderful, beautiful animals. Not delicious. To just make a fur coat out of them. <laughs> but PETA doesn't help matters by being like, and now it's ruined with this can of red paint. It's more like, hey, are you guys aware that you killed 70 little beautiful chinchillas to make yourself a dopey coat. That would be, to me, more effective, the logic behind it versus the anger behind it. Yeah, I think that last one is the one I would go with more than spilling out pig guts all over the floor. I think that was a little too drastic as well. But, yes, the lecture's a little rough. If you want to say keep in mind on something, but even then it's still slightly a lecture, there, you know, there is an opportunity for but how do you change somebody's mind? You have to present them with information. For starters, I don't think you do it on Twitter. Not that Eugene would That's see you. That's probably true. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think you, you push a cause. You're good for a cause. Maybe that's where you take to writing blogs and everything. But I think telling somebody on their social media account why they shouldn't be doing what they're doing, I don't know. I, I just I think you're opening yourself up for not being heard the right way. But where do you then learn about somebody else's thoughts or opinions? Because social media is question. where a lot of trends... A lot of thoughts transfer. It's probably just the approach. It's like you don't want to bang people over the head that they're wrong, they're well, gross. Well, how about this? How about instead of just tweeting the direct thought where you feel like you're being attacked? Hmm. Like I said, have a blog somewhere, write something, and tweet at somebody, hey, just so you know, reading this might interest you. Leave it up to them to want to, you know what, all right, I'll click and I will see this information. And you use Twitter that way to get them to direct them to the information. Instead of, uh, when I read that on Twitter, it just feels like it's a direct attack. Well, it certainly is. Yes. Yeah. You guys are absolutely right. disgusting is right. definitely a direct attack. Because then, in, in, if Eugene took my approach, Eugene has done his job in letting you know why you should think twice about how you just ate, but he's also doing it in a way where he's putting the ball in your court where it's up to your ignorance whether you want to care into doing that research or not, instead of a fight ensuing. Yeah, that's fair. And Eugene, I'm sure, has the best intentions at heart, and I'm sure, you know, there's a there's a place for understanding where our food comes from and whether animals are treated properly and how gross some types of situations can be and so inhumane some animals are treated for all of this. So th there is definitely validity on this side of the argument. It's just that when we're talking about doing a Milwaukee Bucks honorary sausage, yeah, you know, it's a little you're self-defeating to be like, you guys are so disgusting. And I, while I appreciate Eugene clearly sticking with the entire show to make that point, I would also say there's going to be a very large audience, and I say that in more ways than one, that listen to this show that 
are looking for the Deer Dog oh, Talk. Oh, I think you know? 95% of our audience was like, oh, I might make that this weekend. I don't know how, and, and maybe this is our own fault. Maybe per, maybe most of it is my fault. I don't know how you listen to this show over the years and come away thinking, I hate people who don't understand the eating of animals <laughs> is this, but this is the show I'm going with. It just, one plus one doesn't equal two there. The second segment we've debuted this week has been the Olympic Minute. And we play Olympic music under it. And then day one was Dave Friedman, Super Dave, voice of the Winthrop Eagles, tacos. If you're not making tacos, I don't love you no more. Number two, uh, Tuesday, was Connor Green. And we're going to line up our cast of characters to do this once a day. Now, here is where the Marquette Marvel Aiden will insert a clip from Dave Friedman. China won their fifth straight women's synchronized diving gold medal. They have a chance to sweep the diving competition this year. And this is a dive that I think the Chinese copied the Russians on. Stay tuned. And in the women's road race, the unthinkable (laughs) happened. 30-year-old Anna Kiesenhofer, who has a doctorate in applied math, won the first cycling medal for Austria since 1896. She has no coach, no teammates, and didn't have anyone to celebrate with. She's not on a professional team. A part of a four-woman breakaway, in an event without radio communication, she mounted an attack and took off alone. Such a no-name, when the peloton caught the other three riders in the break, they thought they were in front. The silver medalist raised her arms at the finish line because nobody realized the unheralded Kiesenhofer had gotten there over a minute earlier. She's the only Austrian in the race, had no help, no support. But now, she is an Olympic gold medalist. And that's what makes sports great. And here is where he will insert a clip from Conor Green and we will laugh. Safsik Benjamin of Slovenia won the Olympic gold in canoe slalom, which is similar to regular canoeing, just with much more slalom. Japan (laughs) took home the gold in women's skateboarding. The United States failed to medal, which prompted 13-year-old skateboarders across the country to say, Whoa, not cool, dude. American Amber English from Colorado won the gold in women's skeet shooting, breaking the stereotype that only southern rednecks love guns. <laughs> However, Vincent Hancock of Georgia also won gold in men's skeet shooting, further perpetuating the stereotype <laughs> that only southern rednecks love guns. <laughs> Olympic speed walking is something I may need to get into because I walk pretty darn fast to catch my train every day. And nobody's ever given me a medal. Waka waka. 30-year-old Hitalin Diaz from the Philippines won the individual gold medal in women's weightlifting and made history in the process. She clinched the gold after lifting a combined weight of 500 pounds or around 4.5 jockalones, <laughs> set the Olympic record in the process, and it also had my favorite clip of the Olympics thus far. Did she jerk it? <laughs> Uh, those were excellent clips. I don't know what he actually inserted, but they've, they're remarkably funny. Both those guys, they crushed it. So the segment's working, but boy, the bars have been set really high. It kind of feels like you want to do MLB 30 days. It kind of feels like you've put together a Major League Baseball team and your leadoff hitter and your number two hitter, unbelievable, are always on base. The question is, can anybody drive them home? Now? It's like Mike Trout's leading off and Mookie Betts is at number two. Right. 
can anybody drive them home now? So we have a list. We won't reveal any of those names because we'll see where they come in and out of doing this, but the bar is set extremely high. We're, I am now worried that we went too, too clutch here at yeah. the top of the order where anything else is going to be failure. And I will tell you one thing, but it's, you may have already listened to Wednesday's show by the time you heard this. I will not be doing Wednesday because there's no way I'm coming out of the gate following <laughs> Dave Friedman and Jacob. Not a chance. No, Dave Friedman and Connor. A Connor. Uh-oh, that was oh, a tell. no. That was a tell. Was it tell? Here That's okay. Sounds like Jacob's going to do our Wednesday Olympic Minute. That uh, yes. Jacob Wilkins. Jacob Wilkins. And again, maybe you've already heard Jacob Wilkins, and he's crushed it. The voice of the Rumble Ponies. Yeah. Oh. See, wow. there's my eight times four equals thirty-two. I had Jacob. Is Mraz going to survive? <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this. I think the Olympic Minute is great, uh, but I could understand why some people might get a little worried about doing it or scared off because the first two. Because you've got to know sports, and then you've got a right to jokes. Yes, which is hard. There are not. We may have found the only two people that we know that can do <laughs> yeah. that. That did the first two. There's been so many attempts at sports humor, and they all fall flat. The ESPYS are so corny, and all these shows that have tried to attempt to do like a sports late night show, they're all so corny. There's just not enough to me content in sports to be really funny. You know, there's enough content in life. You can do stand-up. You can write movies or TV shows or sitcoms, write jokes. There's just not enough in sports that's really, really funny. Unless there is, and I just haven't seen anybody actually capture that. So, for Dave and Connor to make me laugh out loud <laughs> twice. Now, granted, their jokes were less about sports and more about the ridiculousness of the Olympics. Right. But it's... It's a needle in a haystack finding something that's funny, funny, laugh out loud funny about sports. And I hate myself when I listen to it because I just think there's no way I would have thought of that in real time. Whether it was the skateboarder joke that Connor made, uh, some of the stuff about calling the Olympics the 2020 Olympics the 2020 when Friedman started with that. I mean, stuff that, damn, like that's good. How come I can't think of that on the fly? It's good eating. It is. It's good vegan eating? It's good eating. It's probably a real nice, delicious hot dog worth of eating. You couldn't even throw Eugene a bone. You couldn't say it's I a nice, delicious tofu. really vegan that's really delicious. Because I, I don't like tofu. Well, isn't... I don't want to... I was going to say, is pasta vegan? Yeah. Uh, unless the tomato sauce has meat in it. All right, plain tomato sauce with pasta? Yeah. That's, that can be yeah, very good. okay. Yeah, okay. But no cheese. I'd see, that's a deal breaker for yeah. me. How do I not do a little Pecorino Romano on there or something? <laughs> uh, that's exactly right. So, now, the rest of the week, Bogues is back. You're going to talk to Connor Green on side B, but Bogues being back means that now we're not doing the updates that don't have scores anymore. Right. We should be back to giving scores until Bogus's next vacation in <laughs> August. It is one of the most bizarre turns of events that I have had while working at this company. Since we started here January 2013, eight and a half years ago, every update I've ever heard on our network's airwaves, on every time slot, by every anchor, has given scores, especially in the morning when you give scores for the night before's sporting events. Right, you wake up, you get in your car, you stuff, stuff you haven't checked your phone for. And both Marco Belletti and Erica Herskowitz both purposefully ignored giving scores the next morning. Now, Mark, did Marco say this on the air, or did, am I just making this out of thin air? That he said, 
Maybe you told me he said this off air. Okay. That the bosses want it to be more conversational. Yes. So did he say this on air? He didn't say it on. No, he might have said it on air to me in Bogish. When he first did Ah, Bogish and I doing the show, he did it now twice while you were out on a summer Friday. And the first time we got through the first update and Bogish and I kind of looked at each other. I think we still when we were working at home on Zoom going, hmm, Marco really didn't give it in there. Then when he was going through the second one, we flat out made a joke to Marco about it. And Marco said, hey, I was told the mornings be more newsy, more conversational, less scores. And that's what he said. He didn't say who told him. He just said, I was told. So I was in four days last week and three of the days we had two Marcos and an Erica. And then we, I forget who else did it. Then Heller, uh, Heller, Heller. But Heller was in today. No, he wasn't. Bogus was in today. Heller no, Heller was in, was in Monday. Okay, so I guess I'm yeah. wrapping together two weeks. Yeah. Now, Heller gave scores, but Erica and Marco did not. And I said, this is kind of crazy. Now, I guess I could understand the philosophy that a lot of people are checking scores on their phones when they wake up, or they're checking scores all day on their phone, and so they don't necessarily need scores. But by virtue of that, why would they need anything then? Well, it... Why, why are we even doing updates then if we're, we're just assuming and defaulting that, well, people are checking their phones? So I believe this was a further debate that Bogus and I had with Marco a couple weeks ago, and this was where we kind of poked fun at him. It's okay. I, I can almost live with that philosophy of not having scores if the point is you're going to hit a bunch of other little stories that are big in sports that we aren't going to have greater landscaping conversation of throughout the four hours. The problem is... Marco has in front of him 12 hours before the show begins what time we are talking about what topics. And all he was doing was going over three topics. And and his biggest stuff was stuff we just really went long for him on 20 minutes <laughs> earlier. So if you're going to not give scores, and I know he's, he's working a couple other stations, what you have to do is just read when we're talking about stuff and have an understanding of well, then I shouldn't be doing this in an update here because all you're doing is basically wasting time of something. Like, the audience just heard Bogus and I talk about this. What more do you want us to add to you with? Right. An example would have been on Thursday's show. I spent the entire top of the 8 o'clock hour, 8 to 8.20 or so, talking about the SEC's expansion, Oklahoma, Texas ramifications. He comes on at 8.30, and the headlines are that, you know, Texas and Oklahoma potentially could leave, yada, yada, yada. So you're like, well, why are we talking about that? If you're not going to give scores and just giving stories right. of the same things that we're talking about. But I, I don't know. If I was programming the station, I'd be like, okay, it's one thing not to go down the list of Pirates beat the Reds 2-0 two to two nothing, and the Red Sox beat the Blue Jays 3-1. The Yankees doubled up the Rays 4-2. to two. That does get monotonous and people kind of tune out on that. That's true. But maybe the happy medium would be Blue Jays, you know, double up the the Red Sox or whatever, 4-2. Vlad Guerrero had this, this, and this, which makes him, you know, the first player since so-and-so to do this, this, and this. The Blue Jays have an upcoming series against so-and-so right. where they, they sit three and a half games behind first place or something like that to give context. Or pick four of the 15 baseball games on the schedule and say, right. you know, the Dodgers are playing the Giants. The Dodgers still trail the Giants by eight games in the division. They didn't do matters to help themselves. Boom, he's a home run by whoever on San Francisco. Give me a reason why the game you're telling me is important. And then that's what we're discussing these games. Because there's still opportunities to react to games the night before. 
Especially, you know, if we, especially West Coast stuff, if we would have went to bed mm-hmm. or something, missed that, it's an opportunity for us to talk about it a little more. Or we don't talk a lot about baseball day-to-day stuff. The right. update would be a great chance, and that's where Bogues is awesome. He does exactly that. He gives us what happened in baseball the night before, or the NHL or the NBA, when we wouldn't necessarily be talking about those games. Right, and we react to calls, too, right? We'll react to a crazy home run call or something like that, and it just that leads to better conversation than... Hey, the SEC and the, you know, what do you guys think about this? Well, Marco, we just did this for 20 minutes. Right. What was the story about the bear? Erica had the oh, bear. The, the bear caused a, a delay in an Olympic softball game because they couldn't get it off the field. <laughs> Which, in hindsight, by the way, every softball game I've been seeing on TV since looks like it's played in the dome. So I have further questions about that story. But yeah, she, she went like three updates in a row. And, you know, you didn't know if the Rockies won or lost. But you knew there was a bear delaying a softball game. Although I guess there's a programming debate to be had that nobody cares about the Rocky score and everybody would care about a bear delaying the Olympics. I guess, but once you've debated and laughed about it once, how many times can you tell the same And I know it's a different audience, but still. I don't know. That was a weird one last week. Real weird. But Bogues is back. That's great. Uh, so Bilotti's out all week, which means Connor was in Monday, Tuesday. Does that mean we get the new Pat Boyle in Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? I believe we get a Pat Boyle Wednesday, Thursday, and a Jacques alone on a Friday. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, because I believe you have another summer Friday coming up, if memory serves. Another? One of many. One of many. So I believe, One of all. <laughs> I believe you're getting a, a me and Bogish doing the show with a Billy Jacques alone running the controls. So you would tell me that, and I would go, wow, or wowie. Yeah. What do you think about wowie? I don't think you could go wowie and then have the same take that we can't call mother's mommy. Oh. I think once you start putting IEs or EYs, however you want to spell it on them, I think you're all in that camp of are you a child. Oh, wow. If you're going to tell me, you know what, call your mom mommy, then go wowie all you want. Because I was saying wowie the other day, and my wife said, you need to stop that. You, You can't say wowie. And the problem with wowie is how do you stop there? I hear wowie, and I got to go wowie zowie. <laughs> I, see, I like wowie, and I like wowie zowie. Yeah. like I, That's better than a wow. Wowie zowie. <laughs> Maybe you're on to something. But my wife, no, Bourbon Bell hated it. She's like, stop. I can't help myself because I am a child. I'm going to say wowie zowie <laughs> all day now. I'm going to be in traffic in about a half an hour going wowie zowie. It's bad. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, everybody chew on that. Let me know. Come back with, come back to me on that. What do you think about wowie and wowie zowie instead of wow? Just to mix it up. It's a little bit more than a wow. It's like I was stuck in traffic for 90 minutes. Wow. But also, you know, a bird flew into my steering, my, my windshield, bounced off, you know, and... Uh, Broke a tackle. <laughs> That's a wowie. Yeah. Wowie. And then, and as it hit my car, I spilled my soda all over the, the seat where my documents were, and now I've got ruined documents. Wowie zowie. Yeah, I think I would go with an F word at that point if I spilled the soda on the documents. True. You want something a little bit more yeah. uplifting with a wowie zowie. Yeah. I don't know. Wowie zowie would be you make it home and there's absolutely no traffic. You buzz through and... Woo, wowie, zowie. And I got you, home quick today. And you pass Ben Stiller on the highway. Absolutely. Window open. You're like, wow, there's Ben Stiller. Wowie, zowie. And then there's maybe a deal uh, you see on Wendy's, a two for one or something. <laughs> That's not much of a wow. Well, they my... have deals every day. Wowie, zowie. <laughs> or you drove by. 
or Ben Stiller gives you his extra hamburger. Wowie zowie <laughs> zippity doo da day. That's a wowie zowie. Yeah, that actually got me a naturally wowie zowie yeah. out of there. Man, you got you're on a Ben Stiller kick. What happened? Well, I'm just saying. Did he voice an '85 Bears documentary recently? Saw who's like a random B-list celebrity that you might pass in the highway. Ben highlight. Stiller's B-list. Is he A? Yes, he's an A-list. Right. Who's B under Ben Stiller? Who's B? How about Phoebe from Friends? Lisa Kudrow? Yeah, Lisa Kudrow. She hasn't done anything in a while. Famous show, sitcom. All right, I doubt she's eating a Wendy's burger, so why don't we make it Matt LeBlanc? All right, Matt LeBlanc. Right. Driving on the highway. We come to a full stop. Who's at the car next to me? It's Matt LeBlanc. He's got an extra Wendy's double bacon. Says, hey, you want it? Wowie zowie, it's Matt LeBlanc. (laughs) Gave me his own Wendy's baconator. (laughs) That's the guy from Ed. No, that's Wowie Zowie. That is Wowie Zowie. So, I, okay, okay, maybe context matters, that you can't use Wowie unless it's a real, it's more than a wow. Yeah. I'm using Wowie Zowie a lot now. Just try Wowie. Just try Wowie. You still you <laughs> think I'm going too much with the Zowie. I would say let's establish the three levels of surprise. A wow, a Wowie, and a Wowie Zowie. What and the just, heck are we talking about? Try to just <laughs> use them in your daily conversation right. and see. Wow. Wowie. Wowie zowie. <laughs> I can I can see the, the build up. Okay, good. Okay, here comes Connor on side B. How to do 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 Welcome into Side B of the PGP. This is Mraz, your executive producer, host of Side B of the PGP. Wowie. Wowie, we are here. We have Connor Green with us. Connor filling in for Pete the Body early this week, really stepped up to the plate on a Tuesday, and I kind of want to do a little bit of a post-game reaction, basically as if I'm on the sidelines here. Connor, good morning. How are you? Hello. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whenever people are listening to this, how are you? I am doing good, Sean. How about you? Uh, Not as good as you. You stole the show once again on a Tuesday where, let's face it, much like a Kyle Korver on a good NBA Finals contender, feed him the ball. Feed him the ball, he's going to knock down the three-pointers. Connor Green delivered us an Olympic minute. Connor Green delivered us the best trash Tuesday of the Tuesday of this week with the whole cord-cutting bit. Connor Green, who are you trashing? All right, DA. Well, today I'm trashing people that are still paying for cable in the year 2021. Paying for cable is like using a rotary phone. You have to get with the times, and that's why... I'm a cord cutter. And what being a cord cutter means to me is having a Roku and using my dad's DirecTV login to watch live sports, (laughs) using my mom's Netflix login and my sister's Hulu login to watch great TV shows, (laughs) using my dad's HBO Max login to watch Game of Thrones, and using my sister's fiance's Disney Plus account to watch all the great Pixar movies. And also on my Xbox where I stream some stuff, my mom does in fact pay for my Xbox Live. So you see, paying for cable is just not necessary. And the fact that people still do it is embarrassing. Embarrassing to say the least. Cord cutting is like stealing money, literally. Save the money, mooch off your friends and family. It's time to cut the cord. Get the cable people out of here. Trash them. Overflowing landfill. <laughs> and he delivered us, of course, a green party. So let me just start with this. 
How long in advance did you figure out that that was going to be your Trash Tuesday? Because it almost felt like you were well-rehearsed in a movie when you're discussing stealing everybody's passwords. Um, I had thought about it like Monday afternoon, kind of yesterday afternoon, what I wanted to trash. And everyone's been talking about all the streaming because of the Olympics and you have... Uh, you know, the Peacock app. And then people. I saw somebody tweet something where it's like, at this point now, we've gotten to where it's actually more expensive to have all of these different streaming platforms that you kind of need if you want to follow all the different sports, especially with like Sunday Night Football is now going to be more featured on Peacock and ESPN Plus. And you have all these different streaming platforms where back in the day, if you just paid for cable, it'd be like, what, $70, $80, depending on your plan. But you got everything all included in that plan. Now you have to pay for all these different things. If you want Monday Night Football in the future, I'm sure you're going to have to get ESPN Plus to really get the full package. If you want to have Thursday Night Football, you got to have Amazon Prime. So, And then I laughed and and said, I'm one of these people that's a cord cutter, and I use all these services, except I don't really pay for any of them. (laughs) I just steal them from my family. So it's a little ridiculous. And it's so spot on and so relatable because there are so many people that obviously do that. Okay, you do a green party. Obviously, Connor Green's in. We got to do a green party. What a green party is is basically like Frasier from Cheers, a spinoff of Canadian Bacon. We take basically three things you want to talk about, like we would do three games or three moments, three highlights in Canadian bacon. You kind of you lay into the puns, you have some fun, and everybody laughs. The Green Party has taken that structure and done its own thing. I love the Green Party because I never know ahead of time what DA has contacted you and discussed about doing on a, on a Green Party. Connor saw me, witnessed me walk through the doors in the studio on a Tuesday, and to that point I had no idea what was going to happen with the Green Party. All right, DA, number one, the Lucky Charms Leprechaun, also known as Sir Charms. Number two, DA, we have the Trix Rabbit. Yeah. All he wanted was a bowl of Trix cereal. That's all he wanted his entire life. It's the rabbit! Silly rabbit. Tricks are for kids. I just don't understand that marketing strategy because even when I was young, I hated those kids. Just give the bunny some freaking cereal. <laughs> Back away from the rabbit and give him one bowl of tricks. And DA number three, the goat of all breakfast cereal mascots, Captain Crunch, uh-huh. the greatest of all time. A great military captain fought for the Allies in World War II <laughs> and then brought joy to millions with his delicious crunch berry recipe. <laughs> Who did we turn to when the German U-boats were on our doorstep? Captain Crunch. (laughs) When it was 3 a.m. and I've been playing video games for five hours straight, who did I turn to? Captain Crunch. He ends up delivering three best serial mascots, villains he made him feel like (laughs) of all time. Now, let me just ask you this, and in my long ramp up to this, this piggybacks off of my Count Chalk... Chalk... Count Chocula take. Man, I really... I I am an idiot. (laughs) My Count Chocula take. So you have the whole the the thing that goes on there. Would Count Chocula have been one of your three? He was obviously omitted. Or would he have not qualified anyway? I don't think he would have qualified anyway. I love Captain Crunch really because I eat Crunch Berries every day. I love the Trix Bunny, the Trix Rabbit, because I feel that's one of the more tragic stories of any character in the history of cartoons, that he just can't get a cereal. And then the Lucky Charms guy I kind of threw in there. I was thinking about, like, maybe Tony the Tiger, but then I was sort of thinking, like, Tony... The thing I would have done on Tony the Tiger is sort of that, like, 
he comes across as somebody who has unachievable body standards and sets a bad example for kids. So that's the kind of things that go through my head (laughs) on an everyday basis is that it's not good for kids to look up to a guy like Tony the Tiger because his physique is unattainable. So I was thinking about maybe going with him. Count Chocula wasn't really on my list because I never really ate... What is it? What's the cereal he's part of? Count Chocula is... No, I think it's just Count Chocula. Is that the name of the cereal? It's the name of the cereal. The mascot is the cereal. I was never a big Count Chocula guy. I would be more of like the chocolate rice crispy guy. So I went with the cereals that I used to eat. Lucky Charms when I was really young. Crunch Berries now. And then a little bit of tricks here and there to round it out. So those are the ones that I knew the best. So I went with them as my top three. So what is your favorite cereal? Uh, Crunch Berries. Captain Crunch, Crunch Berries are the single greatest. And Cinnamon Toast Crunch is up there, but they don't have a mascot. They have a little, like, the cinnamon guy, but I don't think he has a name or anything like that. Which is interesting because you go Crunch Berries, but Captain Crunch, I mean, he originally planted the flag for Captain Crunch. That was just like that. the mascot was a cereal. And obviously, he was such a good captain that he's had all these other branch-offs, and you associate Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries, which I find to be absolutely fascinating. Because that's the one that I've eaten my whole life, and those are the best. So he he's one of those guys that, like, he started with something that was really good, and then the sequel was even better than the original. The Crunch Ooh. Berries even better than the regular Captain Crunch. That's an interesting take. Now, you are fancy yourself as somebody who eats simple things. Frozen pizzas, bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches. Mm-hmm. You were just telling me in the control room you had to wait an hour and a half for a Chipotle delivery gone mm-hmm. awry to you. You are not somebody out there basically with the frying pan. Asking you to crack an egg would be a whole other world. So if I walked into your apartment now, would Crunch Berries be sitting there? Yeah. There would be one empty box of Crunch Berries that I finished and then a half-eaten box of Crunch Berries that I went. I went halvesies yesterday because my dinner was supposed to be Chipotle. Gave the guy the wrong address. He ended up at 623 Willow Avenue, which is a different address that I'm not supposed to uh, deliver to. And then mine is like three blocks up. So the guy, by the time I told him and he had to do the whole roundabout and I think he was on the scooter, they all these these DoorDash guys use the motorized scooter. By the time I got my Chipotle, I had already made and eaten a frozen pizza stuffed crust pizza. And then I got my Chipotle an hour later and then I rounded it off sort of as my dessert. So I had two dinners oh. and then the dessert was the crunch berries after the fact. What brand frozen pizza? Um, what is it now? DiGiorno. What is it DiGiorno now? DiGiorno is the goat of frozen pizzas. The stuffed crust from frozen pizza is revolutionary, in my opinion. I, I don't hate that as the food guy. I don't hate that as a food take that the stuffed crust is revolutionary. So you go frozen DiGiorno, plain uh, A little pepperoni, but what I like to do is I take the pepperoni off before I eat it. Okay. And it's almost like you have like a strip of bacon before right. you have the pizza. And then the pepperoni juice sits ever so on the yeah. cheese. Okay. Mm-hmm. So frozen DiGiorno, pepperoni, pick the pepperoni off, stuffed crust, mm-hmm. into Chipotle, little cold. Freezing cold. Free. I mean, I don't know about freezing. It was freezing cold. I mean, it was 80 degrees out yesterday, Connor. It wasn't <laughs> like he put it in a freezer. I'm going to I'm gonna say it wasn't freezing cold and you're over-exaggerating. And then you polish it off and you go whole milk with the crunch berries? I do 2%. We try to cut back a little oh, bit. That's we where try you to cut, cut back. back. Yeah. <laughs> that's where you cut back is with that. Okay, so then last but not least, I have to ask, because we just set this up about one of the new segments we're doing, Olympic Minute. 
You heard Super Dave's Olympic Minute on Monday. That was fantastic. You knew these were going to be big shoes and you had to step up on Tuesday. Was the pressure of how good Super Dave's Minute on Monday with you as you went to write out and figure out what you were going to do for Tuesday's Olympic Minute? It was a lot of pressure. Super Dave did a great job. And I actually went back and listened to his Olympic Minute last night before I wrote mine just to kind of get a sense of like what he did. And I was like... You know, should I be really, should I try to be a little bit too funny or should I take it more serious? And then I listened to his and he had like jokes right out of the gate. So I was like, okay, I'll just be a little jokey with some of it. So I did listen to his. It was a lot to live up to. There was a little bit of pressure, but there's not a ton of pressure because I was the second person to go. Right. You'd rather be go, you'd rather go early than have a bunch of people go a bunch of standouts, and Hmm. then have to top them towards the end. So that's interesting. DA and I just discussed this on side A, and and many of these listeners obviously have just heard this. We are now fearful that because you were so good and because Super Dave was so good that now it makes it that much more difficult. You're saying you should want to step right up right now and not wait for more and more people to nail it. You're looking at a more positive point of view. I think it's like ripping the Band-Aid off. You just want to like go because the longer you wait, the more you're going to have to listen to other people do a really good job. And then it gets into your head like, well, I need to do better than this person or this person or Super huh. Dave was good or this person was good and I need to be this good. Then it gets in your head, and once it gets in your head, then all the pressure comes, and then you freeze up, and maybe it doesn't come out so well. So you want to be, I think, one of the first few people to go, because then you can kind of set the standard a little bit, and then the other people will sort of follow you, and then you don't have the pressure of looking at, like, 10 people that have already went, or 15, and trying to, to do a good job in what you do. A different way of thinking. Connor... This is why we love you. It's been great having you back on the DA show for a couple days. You really set the standard, and you, you nailed it. You even aced, even aced this PGP. Frankly, you probably would have been better with Bogus and you and not me. I mean, you really <laughs> just keep replacing every step of the way. Where can we follow you on Twitter? At Connor underscore Green 51. Like a linebacker. He's got to have that 51 <laughs> in there forever still. And uh, me on Twitter and Instagram, at CBS. Have a great week, everyone. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.